Welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 85, the best games of 2020, with me, George, and an extension to his parole, Tom, game of the year to my best public convenience of the year. How's it going? I'm doing well, mate. Thank you. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, this is the new Carey Sherry version of you, obviously, since you were visited by some spectral apparitions over the <laughs> Christmas period. Uh, just a quick note before we move on. Bobby's not here for uh, some family reasons, but he'll be joining us back again for the first show of 2021, uh, which is great news. So it's my honour and privilege to welcome back, before he goes back to the uh, New York State Penitentiary, Rikers Island, Tom. The, the fee you've had to pay me for this episode it's just made my made my Christmas. Might not have to work next year. Well, you know, the podcast uh, luckily is able to accumulate enough wealth where I don't have to work and you don't have to work and I've got enough money to pay New York State your parole, which is uh, considerable to say the least, just to get you another. So not only did you want a wage, you also wanted your parole paying, which was based on your list of crimes, which is exhaustive, um, was quite considerable. You're on tag, though, so you're no danger to any uh, normal people out there. My little bit different rundown, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about our Game of the Year's 2020 on uh, multiple, multiple platforms, and then we're going to uh, slip into what you're hoping to play, because it's a short sort of in-between show. I'm deciding whether to open it with the uh, film, Barry Norman film music, but I'm undecided. Uh, but the show cannot begin until Odders grips his empty selection box, cries at the lack of chocolate goodies inside, <laughs> as I turn to you, Tom, and say, what have you been playing? Uh, well, over the, the current Christmas break, I've been thoroughly enjoying Cyberpunk 2077. Ooh. Now, let's get this out there straight away. If you own an Xbox Series X or S, or a PS5, if you own a PC, you just literally got nothing to worry about. Get this played because you're missing out through the internet hate bandwagon because it's just rolling over this game and squashing what is an absolutely phenomenal open world. And that's just after eight hours of play. Eight hours of play got me to the title screen yesterday or the or the flash up of the logo and this is where the game begins. The, the intro just felt like I was playing the full game anyway. Yeah, um, I, I didn't... May I interject there? Because I felt very held back and under the reins during that first eight hours. I didn't... I kept thinking, well, I, hang, hang on a minute. I thought this is open-world game. You can't really do a great deal. And you're like, oh. Um, no, I don't mind very... it being sort of, come, come, let, let us teach you the systems. Let, let's get as you invested in the world. Just... Mm sit down in the roller coaster which will take you on while you learn the very simplest of the because when i got dumped out the other side of that intro i still didn't even know which way the controller was meant to be held to be honest with you <laughs> i mean yeah it it throws a lot at you especially i think if they'd have done let you loose in the open world i must admit once you do get full rain you start driving about and you start going into these different uh, districts of the city and everybody's ringing you got a job for you got a job for you 
and yeah. it had just been too much. Whereas now you feel like you are a little bit established. You pulled off some major uh, plays towards the end of that opening segment, which leads into the the then full open world. And it kind of makes it feel like you've made your mark so people have heard of you and, and do know who you are. Um, I think it was handled really well. It's It might be a little slow for some people, a um, bit of a slow burn, but just persevere with it because the world is fantastic. Sadly, saw a few glitches, but I don't get the internet. Like, Did people not play GTA V when it first came out? They can lord it all they want now, but it, Appar- it appara- apparently it's not acceptable in 2020. Yet it was acceptable two or three years ago to have glitches and hiccups in a game. So, mate, the, the internet's become a become a hive of scum and villainy lately. It's just like Game of Thrones is an example of like it wasn't the best season. Let's face it, season eight disappointed a lot of fans, but the hate was just unreal. That's someone's art they've put out there. A lot of work and effort go into it, especially when you watch like some of the, the making of documentaries. Let, and let, these little cretins, I'll be one minute, who sit at home who have achieved nothing in life, feel they had the privilege to, to slate it and belittle it. And look at Metacritic. It's just become a joke because it means nothing because it gets review bombed. So you can't trust... If you want to play a game and decide whether it's good or not, do that yourself and form a personal opinion. That's how you become, like, that's how you have your own personality and own opinions on things. Do it yourself. Don't mm. just sit there and jump on the bandwagon. And well, I found biggest... a lot of people that were saying negative things about cyberpunk and how it wasn't acceptable were the people that either didn't buy it or oh, exactly were, were afraid to buy it or couldn't afford to buy it or wh- whichever way. Uh, the hype train was leaving. They weren't on board, and they were going to derail it. Yeah. Um, I do. It, I do have a couple of gripes. Having finished the game myself, yeah, yeah, and course. I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed it. And discounting all the bugs and whatnot, by the time the credits had rolled, I'd had some fantastic personal experience and really great side stories. I recommend that now you're through. You pers- you pursue the Delamain cabs. Ah, I've done, I've, done, I've done three of them already because yeah. I just find them really funny. Yeah, well, it also gets you around the city in a nice way as well. So I'd say per- persevere with that because uh, it is a nice intro to the world without going crazy. Crazy, yeah. Okay. I think there's like uh, one did you... section with a gun in it and and that's about it. So it's all about did exploring. You... Did you get Jackie's bike? Yes. No spoilers there, but did you manage to lay your hand? Yes. I find the bike a better way to travel because I've been. Will... We, we discussed this off air about traveling around the world do you go third or first person on the vehicles? Now, third person makes it easier, I think, to drive a car, definitely. Mm. But the bike in first person just feels fantastic. The bike in first person allows you to cut through the traffic. The car in first person, you haven't got the view window you would have in real life. So you only see half of the screen. So you're often damaging the right-hand side of your vehicle, (laughs) turning right into stuff that you can't see, hitting barriers. You might as well be driving a bulldozer, aren't you? Yeah, so um, if you take it steady in the car in first person, you're absolutely fine. On the bike in first person, you're not breaking immersion. You can see everything. Yeah. Your cockpit's centre of screen. You can cut through the traffic relatively easily. Uh, I think since the patches have come out, it's stable enough to handle you being able to bomb around at full speed. Um, back to my earlier tangent, I will give it somewhere between a 7 and an 8. I found when I'd finished, although I love the side stories, the city is nothing more than 
a set for your experiences to unravel in. You know, I I saw a, a food icon on the map and thought, oh, brilliant. You know, I'll go and eat some food first person, see what Night City's got to offer. And I walked past countless restaurants mm. to get to this one place and then ordered some food in the menu. And then it stayed in my menu and I didn't consume. The, there was no eating animation. And I was like, that's, yeah. that's actually disappointing. You know, if, if, if you have a drink, the screen goes all fuzzy and, oh, yeah. yeah brilliant but i wanted more you know what i'm like i wanted to live the world i wanted yeah it it's very old-fashioned in a lot of ways and what you would expect in certain areas as you were saying there or like when you go to see the ripper doctor again i just selected the upgrades and that was it Mm. like it's such a strange choice maybe i think people there's there's two sides is like some in red dead love to see like all the animation skin with fur chuck it on the back of the horse take it to the thing live that life other people just want to get the pelt get it sold and and just want to speed it up then then i ask you what's the point what what's the point of doing that i think i think it is it just a grind we've yeah but we've discussed this haven't we where like a lot of today's audience is geared up for like now 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 give me give me give me the rewards straight away where they don't fully sort of appreciate the. i, I would have that. appreciated the i would have gone to the ripper doc more who i barely visited in my playthrough if yeah. there'd been the option to have the things watch your arm getting augmented watch your eye get augmented what, what yeah. whatever limit was getting augmented and if there's a little circle that popped up in the bottom right hand corner that said skip I'd have been totally on board. If I'd ordered a meal in a yeah. restaurant and I'd started eating it, it came up on the right hand side and said skip, I'd have been awesome. And I w- obviously I wouldn't have pressed it. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, it's keeping people's attention um, to, to keep them playing through is, is the big balance problem. And there's, there's arguments for both, but knowing how how we are with open world games i think we want that full full immersion into the uh into all the details and like you say the city looks phenomenal it looks great it is i see your points on the set idea that if you scratch underneath it it could have done with a lot more interactive like going to where you get your first fight off that guide it's like weights and like a punch bag and stuff it's like what you should just be able to use them i know it's probably opening up another can of worms for him to deal with bugs and stuff. Speaking of glitches, I've had two or three hard crashes still, mm-hmm. but they, because of the autosave, you don't, yeah, it's a grumble. It takes you out of the game. To be fair, to because the autosave I felt like was the trigger for the glitch because it takes you back literally one second before the glitch happened. So either the autosave triggered it or the game knew it was crashing and autosave. Now I can't work out which one it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I find it for, for me, it happens when the, there's a lot of like high speed driving going onto a location. It maybe just can't handle it all the time. I but. think it's a cross between each section is loaded in as you get uh, to like the, the districts. Yeah, and if you if you're driving in the traffic at the speed of the traffic, you're probably not going to get a crash. This is why I didn't experience it as much because I drove around like you know, like I'm living the live the world, yeah, yeah. played a game, lived a game. Um, yeah. Whereas if I was on the motorbike, 
and ripped. I was like, oh, I need to get this done. I was absolutely nailed it into an area. So bing, save, crash, done, back to the dash. But this is why it's highly recommended on Series X or PS5 because click, 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 you're back in the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that's not good that jarring. You've got another hour and a half, two hours, or maybe six hours uh, of a playthrough before it happens again. Now, I played it vanilla and it crashed quite a lot, but I was willing to put all that to one side because I was completely on board. I think going forward, before we move on to what you've been playing, if you own the base consoles, I would really, really just hang fire and, and play it on a next gen whenever you make the upgrade or if you're making the upgrade. I know they promised like it was going to be on the base consoles, but they just they shouldn't have made that call, I think, and just said, look, we can't get it to run that well and just have been honest. But they wanted to please the fans. They, and you've got to remember, these guys have probably been working now mm. up to Christmas or even over Christmas to pass it to make This it is better. the point I made. Uh, the same people, the same toxic cesspool, of the internet that were harping on about how our oh, crunch is not acceptable. They're the same people that were saying this game's broken. Patch it give it me, give me my, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, just, just, um, internet cranes. Let's, let's move on before we run. Uh, what have you been playing? Well, you'd think a man with a brand new next gen console would be playing <laughs> his brand new next gen console, but you'd be completely wrong. I've decided to revert to type. I've gone back to my <laughs> beloved PS3 uh, and I've been playing Batman Arkham Origins. It's a Christmas game. I started in September, couldn't grind with it, got totally sort of underwhelmed by it. And I think it was September, maybe August, I started playing it. But playing it at Christmas, I know, I know, what have I become? I'm a, you live long enough as the hero and you become the enemy or whatever the phrase is. Um yeah, so I've been playing that and thoroughly enjoying it. I was playing it Christmas morning, like it was brand new game to me, sat there in my pajamas. And uh... the the mockery you've given me over the years <laughs> for being mainstream. Oh, I've got to play a Christmas set game at Christmas. Got to play a uh, a summer chilled out game in the middle of summer. Yeah. Oh, how the turntables have turned. Well, I could have been playing Miles Morales, <laughs> but I played the wheels off that in November and early December. Um, have you got to the Death Stroke? Boss fight. Oh, I'm, I'm very near the end. Bane has trashed oh. the Wayne Mansion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although I don't know how that's canon that he knows now that he is Bruce Wayne, but it's not revealed in any of the other Arkham games, which is a bit strange, but there you go. I don't really feel that needed to play out. I know there's a story beat there with Alfred and you... There's a bit, right, where you get back to Wayne, to the Batcave, essentially, and it's trashed. And you pull Arthur out from this, uh, Alfred out from this wreckage, and you use your gauntlets, your shock gauntlets that you've managed to craft. Because this is early Batman, or it's meant to be. It's yeah. Days, and you you shock him back to life. And he gets <laughs> up, and he's like, "Oh, yes. you have this big speech about how Batman thinks he's not worthy enough." It's like, "No, you are. You are. You're the man. You can do it. Off you go." And you're breaking into Blackgate Prison, and he gets on the radio. He's like, Alfred, Alfred. Are you, are you, don't worry about how I am. How are you? And he's like, oh, you know, for a man who's just been shocked to life by some rudimentary gauntlets, I'm doing okay. And he's like, oh, if you get any arrhythmia, cardiac issues, call me. 
hell? So I found it quite knowing that it knew it was being ridiculous at this point that they, they put that, <laughs> there, that little sideline in there. And I found myself on my own laughing out loud at that. Mm-hmm. But it feels very much a game of its time. It feels very much... You, you, we've, we've often mocked as Elder on this show, you and I, for yeah. you to this temple. You get this new thing that allows you to access this new thing in the temple and probably be disregarded completely by the time you get to the next temple. And it's very much sort of use this gadget. Now, in the breaking into Blackgate Prison, I've used probably every one of my gadgets, remote batarang, cryptographic analyzer, the glue grenade, which is the nafist. And the way the buttons are assigned in this one as well, when you're fighting and you're getting a little bit carried away with the buttons, I'm throwing glue grenades on all the bad guys once I've unlocked them because it's double tap of our right trigger to make it happen. Yeah. And I'm like, glue grenade, glue grenade, glue grenade. It's, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, but other than that, the difficulty curve has been acceptable. It's been pretty easy, to be fair. I'm playing it on normal mode, I'd imagine. Um but it's enjoyable. I'm looking forward to getting it done now on completion does, of this. I don't want it to be um, welcome. The same team are going to be creating Gotham Knights, um, f- from what I understand. So it's yes, not the Rocksteady team. Yeah. They're they're working on the Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, I did some research. Pete, it's WB Montreal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does this pique your interest for that game a little bit more? My interest was already piqued for that game. I again I didn't understand what I saw. I thought this looks great. You know, it looks good that we're getting to experience some of the other heroes. Um, I yeah. don't want the multiplayer, but they came out straight away and said, oh, you don't need to. And the story and yeah, the graphics, yeah. and I, you know, I'm not a massive graphic whore, obviously, because otherwise I wouldn't be playing PlayStation 3. Um, I thought they looked in, serviceable. Yeah. The, the, I I hope it follows a similar vein in the single player on it too. Um, when you play an Arkham Knight, the, the, the third and final one, um, where you've got Robin with you or Nightwing and you're doing like the dual takedowns. I mean, that's cool. That's what you want to see. And the AI is good enough to fight. And I think you can switch between them both from what I remember. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to see what they do with that Gotham Knights. I think they probably had a, quite a bit of time to to um, to work on it. So fingers crossed. Well, they've not done anything. I think they did some DLC. Obviously they did some DLC for origins. Um, yeah. There's one that's meant to be all, it's like where you go off to meet Razal Ghul and learn all your martial arts and whatnot, which I was tempted to download. And then I read a review and it just said, basically it's a one, two room arena. There's no voice acting. You just yeah. go through waves of baddies in a, a far East type setting. Uh, mm-hmm. So don't worry about that too much. There was another one that had a little bit more. I think it was the Cold Cold Night. It was a chapter that was based on um, Mister Freeze, yeah, um, and his wife. And apparently that was said to be better, but still not great. So I might, I was going to do the DLC, but I'm probably not going to bother. They had the usual ramble of skins to download. I think they did some DLC for Arkham Knight. Um, the PS4, Xbox One game, and PC Batman game, the third one of the actual trilogy. Uh, other than that, they've done nothing since. Obviously, they're still an active studio, so one has to imagine they've been beavering away um, quite fastidiously on this Arkham Knights, Gotham Knights game. Yeah. Which it could be quite good. I mean, one thing I did notice while playing Origins is 
the city itself. I think this is the first time because obviously in Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum, you get just the asylum to walk around in. In Arkham City, you just get the subsection of Arkham City to to walk around. Yeah, in. it's like a bit like a bigger a borough of Gotham. Yeah, and then in the third one, Arkham Knight, um, you get everything from memory. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, in this one, you're in Gotham, uh, allegedly. Except, <laughs> you know, if you walked around on the streets, if that was possible, I'm sure it'd look great. Although they'd be very empty. Although there is a tannoy saying, "Stay inside for your own safety. Stay inside," which I thought, you know, that works pretty well. Um, there's the random bad dudes about, but generally, I love the Christmas theme. The snow the trees the presents the lights the um the billboards or particularly low res and all that sort of stuff and there is a little bit of texture popping at times which because i play the ps3 so much i was going to get myself a solid state drive for it because it works and apparently does reduce texture oh. popping uh, although there is still a bottleneck at the ps3 does it speed up the load times at all? or It speeds up the loading and install times of games, yeah, and it reduces texture pop as well. So mm. um, sometimes, uh, although, you know, not all the time. But I thought yeah. for 50 quid, I might get one and lob it in and then sort yeah. of future-proof the PlayStation 3 that I've got. Nice. Uh, and enjoy it. Um, just closing out, Back to Cyberpunk, the, the side missions and even the main missions, when you're interacting with, um, when you go, they, all, they usually get you sit down, sit down here and talk to this person. Mm-hmm. They've got to be some of the most well, they just seem so well animated and, and draw you right in. Even if you don't particularly like the character, you just like, I, I love in just choosing the dialogue options. And, and I'm not usually a big fan of that. I just want to, sort of find out what the thing is and then and then go do it a little bit like mass effect one though sometimes their responses feel very gray don't they like you pick paragon a and it's like yeah i want to be your best friend they're like oh you like that are you and i think to myself "Mm, that would have been the option if i'd pick medium or negative as well so yeah but I, i think the way it's presented almost feels just fantastic there's a there's a bit where you go into this sort of soundproof booth with um Dexter, Deshaun, uh, T-Bug and, and Jackie and yes. just chatting with them about the, the, the sort of mission you've got to carry out. Did you know you can zoom in, by the way? You know when yes. you hold left yeah, trigger? Yeah. I didn't realise until well after the sort of prologue that you could press forward on the D-pad. Spent a lot of time utilising that in the Judy and Evelyn chats. Judy is one of the most beautiful game women I've ever had the privilege to meet. She is fantastic. Amazing character development. Um, you should wait until you play it out, friend. They are absolutely <laughs> stunning character developments for those two. <laughs> There's a couple of character traits that will throw you off, but you'll still want to see them through anyway. Um, how cool is that bit where you go and uh, she teaches you about how to go into the brain dance? Yeah, the brain dance. And, and yeah. that is cool. That is like Minority Report type stuff where you're in the apartment and you're figuring out. And I felt like have when I not, went into have that... Have you not um, watched Altered Carbon on Netflix? 
I watched some of the first season. I feel like I maybe can go back to that now and get a bit hyped. Cyberpunk anyway, the film. I mean, I'm surprised you're not all over it. Like when I'm when I'm I know, playing, I, I go to my room, I sit down, and I watch uh, Altered Carbon. Uh, very, very, <laughs> very similar vibe in a lot of it as well. Especially but, when you're doing your private investigator moments. Yeah, but when I did that brain dance and then carried <laughs> out the mission, I felt like I went into that apartment. I was like, I know where everything is. I went and got the gun that was on the table to stop maybe that becoming an option. But also I think it was just the fact that you can get that gun and it's quite over, not overpowered, but it's a good, good weapon. I knew where the security cameras were and how to deal with them. And fantastic. What a great idea. Um, well, we are best move on. Yeah. I mean, you're very early days in it, so I don't want to shatter all your illusions, but. Uh... Oh no, it's, I can see it's got some problems already. It's not. It's not the glitches that that were the problems for me. It was more the set. Um, yeah. A lot of it was set dressing, um, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm not playing the game properly. But you know, I explored every single facet of the game, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I didn't feel I was, I was getting as much out of it. Now, maybe you know, we've played the very early vanilla game, and there's going to be extra DLC and other stuff coming down the pipe. I will go back to it because I want to have a... I played, as I said, a street urchin. I want to go through as a corpo. Um, because of a storyline I took um, on my Street Kid playthrough, I'm not overly bothered about seeing it from the Nomad point of view because I kind of did anyway without giving too much away to you. But the the corpo one is of interest to me. Um, yeah. But, you know... Excited to see what the DLC is. Excited to see some new side missions and other bits and stuff that they bring out. Anyway, <clears throat> the main meat of today's sandwich of choice on a, a rye bread, the pastrami and gherkin filling is the best games of 2020. Now, as we said earlier, Bobby couldn't be with us, but uh, you and him went off script and had a game of the year chat in the middle of the Christmas Carol, which is. <laughs> which is good, which I implore everyone to go check out if you haven't done already. This is the sort of chilled out armchair director's commentary. Mi- yeah, Christ- between love. Christmas and New Year. Yeah, absolutely. So, game stuff. of the year. We've got some. We've got some nominations, some cheeky nominations here. So I'll just I'll um, run through a few of them on the Xbox brand. We've got Battletoads. Um, we've got uh, a recent. Uh, release call of the sea on the nintendo platform we've got the the famous animal crossing age of calamity as well zelda the hyrule game on the playstation brand we've got ghost of tsushima and last of us part two multi-format we've probably got doom eternal we've got cyberpunk 2077 streets of rage 4 um, and I'm going to lob in Valhalla, and also on the on the PlayStation side, I want to lob in for contention Miles Morales and Final Fantasy VII remake, Demon Souls, and Final Fantasy VII remake. So little PlayStation heavy, but they have slammed out the exclusives left, right, and Chelsea. Um, <clears throat> where do you want to begin? What do you want to say on that list there? Is there anything else that you would want to add in? Um, 
again, I, I echo this in the Christmas episode. The Switch really, I don't know whether it's affected Nintendo massively with the uh, with the pandemic, but they just seem to have struggled compared to everyone else. They do have years though where they're like they'll churn out some great content, and then the next year it's kind of mediocre. I mean, Animal Animal Crossing became the biggest game during lockdown. I didn't play it myself because I was playing Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, both fantastic games, which were discussed at length in, in previous shows during that time of year. But Animal Crossing, yeah, I think they they pulled out all the stops with that. From what I've read about it, it it's probably the best entry in the series. Uh, it, it does deserve a bit of praise. It's it's obviously kept people occupied and and really brought got a broad audience. I've read about it like an 85-year-old woman playing it and having so many certain hours on it. and Oh, Bobby's yeah, it's, wife, it's, Eva, putting in three, 400 hours on Animal Crossing. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what they're all about, isn't it? Like broadening the gaming audience, uh, whereas if you give someone Cyberpunk or, or um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's very much uh, a... Um, a, t- a typical gamer's game is shouldn't tarnish everything with that, but Nintendo are very good at delivering, um, I'd say broad games for for everybody, um, and and just reaching out to people who might have even not picked up a console before, and that helps because of the handheld style of the Switch as well. Uh, touching on. I played that short hike game on the Switch. That's about the only game I've played on it. I played the demo of, of Age of Calamity Hyrule Warriors, which is, if you're not aware, it's a a spin-off uh, of a, a prequel story set with the Dynasty Warriors engine or, or gameplay. It's quite enjoyable. It's very like hack and slash. Dynasty Warriors, I, I never really vibed with. I was more of a Kesson guy. It, very, very similar. Yeah. If you turned the box over of those games, you'd be like, oh, it's the same game. Like, well, no, yeah. one's, one's like a real time strategy where you're down on the ground. Yeah. And it, Kesson, you could still, I think you could still play today and be like, oh, do you know what? This feels pretty good. It looks pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Dynasty Warriors, if you went back to the PS2 and played it, it feels. I don't know, like you're just swathing through Oregon yeah. soldiers. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's not very meaty think, at all. Yeah, I think if you if you took away the um, Breath of the Wild um, sort of attachment to to that game, I'd have no interest in playing it because it's just not my sort of game. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, they're not for everyone, but they've got a very dedicated fan base and it's nice that it might bring some fans from that into the Zelda world and go, oh, I'll, I might try um, Breath of the Wild and, and cut down five baddies and go, hmm, there's not much action in this. No. <laughs> no. Um, so, James yeah, the Work I mean, Experience Boy has been struggling with Breath of the Wild, I think, for that reason. There's no, you know, there's the Minecraft element of combine this and this and get X and that's quite interesting, but then has, nothing. Has he bought any new games for that machine or is it still the very much minecraft and fortnite box it's still very much minecraft and fortnite box um father christmas came to um the new york apartment and he delivered to him the minecraft dungeons oh that that looks quite good which he's been um a little bit taken with Uh, mario kart 
Cot augmented reality, augment uh, Mario Kart Live. Oh, I think it's cool. With the car, <laughs> mm-hmm. has he got that? Mm-hmm. Um, that looks great. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But great idea. It's a great idea, and I think it's certainly a great thing to unwrap on Christmas morning. Um, I think that you end up laying out an oval track because you get four uh, stanchions and yeah. you get a couple of lines. So obviously you can be a bit more imaginative because you lay them down and then you drive the course and the yeah. switch goes, all right, that's the course. So I'll, uh, okay, I'll do yeah. lines either side round that you have to stay yeah. in. And you look at the cart and it's moving at like, I don't know, 400, very, very slowly, but on the screen, it feels like you're going really fast. And when you get a speed boost, the cart does increase its speed and you feel like you're going fast on the screen. But the it's obviously, unless you've got two carts and that in, in the today's world of Corona and all that, that's a bit difficult. Yeah. Um, it's a one-player game. It's not overly difficult. I yeah. think the setting it all up when you've got other games to play and if you're not allowed to play out with your friends, you're going to gravitate towards online multiplayer experiences. Yeah. Um, I think we forget this. So this is the friend angle that's going on a lot. So Minecraft Dungeons plays into that. Um, there was Super Smash arrived as well. Um which I still have no idea what I'm doing. Obviously, James, the work experience boy, knows exactly what he's doing with it. And I end up just sort of failing on the upturned nunchuck, which I don't always if, find is the best controller. If Astrobot is the... like the... the homage to PlayStation brand, then Super Smash Bros. is that for Nintendo. There's so many Easter eggs and... It is, but it also plays quite heavily into what I would call video game lore because there's quite a lot of characters in Super Smash that aren't Nintendo-centric characters. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Which I actually Um, think is quite cool. Yeah. no, I. I, So that's um, there's a round robin of what's been going on on the Switch in the apartment. Um, I've not really had a look in. I've been thrown in front of Smash to basically lay down like a sacrificial lamb. Uh, Every half hour, I, I have to get my whooping on smash but yeah yeah the console as a whole i like it i think it's a great travel between apartments type machine um yeah for james the work experience boy flitting between the wonderful new york and the uk um it's a perfect machine <clears throat> it really is it's age appropriate it's life appropriate yeah. it's everything that he, he needs brilliant yeah. for me We've said this before, it's lacking the Gravitas of game. Obviously, yes, we can get a Doom Eternal on it. Oh, yes, we can get the Doom 2016 reboot. Yes, we can get yeah, this. Yes, if, we can if, get that. But we can get Witcher 3, but it looks like Minecraft yeah. Witcher. Like, no, thank you. If you're an adult gamer, such as myself, it's like, why would you if you're lucky enough to own? And, and according to the stats, a lot of people own a Switch and another console, especially yeah. adult gamers. Um, because it gives you that handheld option if you're working away or traveling or commuting, whatever. <clears throat> so I think if you're going to buy The Witcher 3, you're going to buy it on your PlayStation Xbox or you're going to um, buy Doom Eternal on one of those. They, I don't think they have to worry. It doesn't seem like they worry about having an upgrade that soon. I think we might see one next year. but Well, my question to you would be, what's the point? 
yeah. Until games like Fortnite, Minecraft, um, and and your Mario's, like your Kart, Smash Bros, 3D World, or whatever. Until they start struggling, or have like graphic upgrades on the other machines where the the Switch starts really chugging, then they're not going to worry. No, why would you? Yeah, and, and and to that point, I think you know they can hoard their Animal Crossing money. They can hoard all that other cash. They they outsold every other console on run up to Christmas again. Um, it's it's on it's on record for going to you know for having a, a pretty stratospheric rise and a you know a great return on investment for Ninty. So a uh, fair play to him. On the Xbox yep. side, there's a game I missed that intrigued me and I've heard lots of good things about it. It's the it's still in beta as far as I'm aware. It's that grounded game as well. Oh that looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that Very to nice. me appeals greatly. It's kind of like a, a Minecraft um type title where you've got to build things. They had the underwater update where you could build things in the koi pond, like underwater bases, and you can hunt the the legendary koi, which is obviously a little bit like Moby Dick (laughs) because of the size comparison. Um, You know, that looks great. Um, Again, I think that's by Obsidian from memory. Um, Good studio. Yeah, I mean, the idea of it looks great. The the sense of humour and the tongue-in-cheek style which is presented, especially in the trailers, Seems. I thought it was a rare game when I first saw it. Uh, it would have been a great fit game. for them. Yeah. It really would have. Uh, and it's got the nods in there to Microsoft history with the Battletoads, which is another game, obviously, very accessible game, although probably just as difficult in certain settings as its 26-year-old yeah. brother. I, You know, it looks like the cartoon or like a cartoon, which is which speaks, leg- you know, which speaks to the retro vibe of the game a little bit like streets of rage 4 which we'll get to another one a recent entry on the xbox brand is that call of the sea which is like the jules verne hg wells inspired mystery to give it to try and fence fence it in as a genre you'd probably try and call it like a a point and click it's probably most reminiscent of something like mist if you remember that, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, do an area puzzle, move to the next area, kind of like that. Right. Very poignant story from everything that I can understand. Um, multi- I think my, um, yeah, sorry, no, carry on. Just before we close on on sort of uh, Microsoft, I think twenty twenty one is going to be a, a big year for them. They they acquired a lot of studios, and I mm. feel like twenty one is going to be where we see. The, the fruits of the labors uh latest rumors are halo infinite will now come november uh, yeah. of 2021 which i think could be great i think they need to say but give them the also time, give them the, the time they're on about it- um breaking the promise of having it come out on the xbox one series and how it's going to be on the xbox series think, only which i think um do it cyberpunk has, has shown that is the way forward I'm all for like supporting the older consoles because we're lucky that we got PS5 and there's people who are lucky who got the Series X and S. Not everyone's so fortunate. Um, just support that console, but eventually it has to have a line where they say, this is next-gen gaming. We want to deliver on people who have paid for for something like with more power and um, able to to ramp up the graphics a lot. It's going to be interesting to see whether we get the, the raw deal again with 
like something like God of War, Ragnarok, is it going to be on PS4? To me, it shouldn't be. Just, just make I think it, it will for, be. Yeah, I think next year is going to be still cross-plat. I think the, the, the fortunate for Sony, gangbuster success of the PlayStation 4 has almost painted on a rather dismal PlayStation 5 experience. I'll be honest. Normally, mm. you know, a new console launches, like, yes, the PlayStation community got Demon Souls. Brilliant. You know, and that graphically, fantastic. Mars Morales, yeah. there's times where you probably think you're playing a PlayStation 4 pro, pro game, you know. Although in the end game of Mars Morales, it's doing stuff that I think with the lights and the HDR and the neon and all that, especially in the end boss sequence with the Tinkerer, <clears throat> it looks a million dollars, especially on a 4K HDR set. The, the presentation of that product was, was, was peerless. Um, but if you've still got millions of people in the PlayStation 4 ecosystem that's paying your bills, yeah, you have to make sure that you scratch that itch. So therefore, like when the PlayStation 4 launched, they had to draw a line under the PlayStation 3 because there was no backwards compatibility. So it was like, yep, yeah, we're done, move right, on. Yeah. Drop it, forget it. Um, when the PlayStation 3 launched, there were still PlayStation 2 games coming out. PlayStation 2 had been a massive, massive success for Sony. The PlayStation 3, was was there was missteps all over by Sony. It was overpriced. Well, it wasn't overpriced for what was in there, but it was overpriced for the market at that point. But the PlayStation 2 was so successful, you were still getting games that were coming out on PS2 that were getting placed the PlayStation 3 ports or rehashes. And it took a long time for the PlayStation 3 to shake off its shackles, especially because the launch wave of PlayStation 3 came with PlayStation 1 and 2 compatibility baked in. So they didn't yeah. need to worry. You could still play a PS2 game on mm-hmm. there, no issues. You didn't want to because the leap was as much between PlayStation 1 and 2 as it was between 2 and 3 with the textures and the fidelity. It really did feel like you'd come on. PlayStation 4 to a late PlayStation 3 released, not so much. You know, It was that upgrade like we're seeing with the 4 to the 5. It's very small at this point in time. I think when we get... Horizon Zero West has already gone on record and said it's going to be a both-platform release. That's coming out 2021. I don't see how God of War cannot be. Yeah, you're probably right. The same with um, with Gran Turismo and well, R- Returnal. There's no. I don't think. I think that's going to be like a Demon Souls. I think it might get a PC port. Yes. Now, uh, my only concern with that is, it's Housemark Studios, Housemark Games. They're not renowned for making big games. Yeah, this is seventy yeah, pound. This is seventy right. quid. Like Mars Morales had the foresight to launch, unless they were bolstering in Spider Man remastered at quite a low price. If Returnal's an eight hour game and it's six nine nine nine, that's not a very good return on investment. Now it's probably good for Housemark. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and maybe with its procedural generation, it will be almost an infinite game. But I don't think it is. Uh, so we need to see some chunk. We need to see some more stats because that's the next big tentpole release for them. They're going to get behind it and hype it. Um, when was that? I think, um, March, the, February, March. Yeah, it comes out March. Um, with the with the price point there, I think I don't think that's going to stick at all. I think they'll change it. It's the same every gen. 
they try and push for a higher price. You can look in the comments, as, as I'm sure they do in forums and web, gaming websites, every comment, this looks great, but I'm not paying £70 for it. That's what they found with Destruction All-Stars. That's why they're going to make it a, a PS Plus um, game. The thing is, that, is that, makes, that makes sense to me. Like Destruction All-Stars would yeah. never have floated as the game that it is if it had been a pay-for entry. Yeah. It just wouldn't have worked. Like Rocket League's probably way more... It was a successful game, but now it's free to play. It's probably way more successful. You pay through the skins, you play through the cars, you pay through the, the, the stadiums and all that other rammel that... Epic seem to love these days. Yeah. But, you know, Destruction All-Stars, I don't think is going to be that. That that was built by someone in a marketing room on a spreadsheet saying, what's popular? Well, I hear that Rocket League's popular, boss. Brilliant. What else is popular? I hear that Fortnite's popular. Brilliant. Do they make money? Oh, they make loads of money, boss. All right. Ching, so let, me just, let yeah. me just put this in the spreadsheet. So cars, add... Battle Royale add free to play expansions equals okay. We're going to have a game, cool, <laughs> and this is what it's going to be. I, you know, I I don't know about that. Uh, add to library, yeah. I'll have a look at it one day if it's raining, it's snowy, and all the other games have melted. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm going to try because. Me, me teammates who I tend to play online with will be will be keen to try that as a team of three or four. Um, what destruction all stars? Yeah, I think we'd, we'd give that a whirl. Um, Equally so, I'm I'll be getting Returnal. I'll be ready for a game by then. I yeah, I think it's the, the timing will be it'll be spot on. We might even see Ratchet and Clank before that. But if they chuck that seventy quid Returnal price at me, I'm gonna yeah, I, it's gonna have to be a lot to justify paying that for it. And it I looks don't know great. It. it looks great. Look brilliant. Really wants it. Sci-fi storyline that I normally would go for. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite intrigued. It just depends if there's the weight there. Yes, absolutely. Um, we'll we'll probably touch quickly at the end on on some of the titles we're really looking forward to in 2021. But um, quickly well, let's before do, we move on, well, um, I want to do multi-plats. Yeah, I just want to say Microsoft have got to cut that loose on Halo Infinite. It's given people a year, nearly, to, to save up for a next gen. And, and the S is a brilliant option. So mm. cut, the, cut the base console loose with Halo Infinite and, and push push that mother because it, it needs... Well, I believe under, under the radar, Sony have not... Uns- they're still supporting the PlayStation 4, but I don't think you can get your hands on a Pro. And I think you'd struggle... Obviously, stocks, the warehouses have got stocks. Argos, Amazon, they've all got yeah. stocks of PlayStation 4 and the Pro. But I don't believe they're making it anymore. So once they're gone, they're gone. But obviously, there's yeah. a massive user base. Now, I think Microsoft are a little bit further ahead on that train is the fact that they probably hadn't overproduced stocks of the Xbox One based on its install base and other stuff. So that's dwindling down. So really, if you're going to go to market, you can get the S, at 249, which is a great price point, a great entry point. I talked someone into one, uh, someone said, I'm thinking about getting one of these new new consoles. What do you reckon, PlayStation 5 or Xbox? I was like, you're not that massively into games. Well, no, I'm not, but I'm intrigued. Okay, so why don't you get an Xbox Series S, right? How much are they? 250. Oh, that's a bit more like it. I thought it'd be like four or five hundred yeah, quid. I was like, yeah. no, 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 it's 250. Get the Games Pass. What's that? Said, well, basically, to break it down to you, it's the Netflix of games. All right, so 
you don't have to get online, I don't believe. You can just get the Games Pass. Happy days. You got your Forza. Oh, that's what I wanted it for, Forza. Perfect. You know? Although it's yeah. going to end up long-term costing you more money, I think it's in such palatable little chunks that you're going to be completely on board with it. And, and, and I, think you, you I think you're getting a great amount of content for, for that. I think it's going to be the future for a lot of um, people who who aren't playing uh, all the time. Cause it, well, it is, it's it your is, casuals, it, isn't it? It's your uncle that you go to his house back in the day and he'd have a PS2 and had a copy of yeah. Grand Theft Auto Vice City and Gran Turismo, and you'd be like, what? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, you know. How far you got on Vice City? You finished it? Oh, just like driving around in the cars. Oh, yeah. right, okay. So it's that you're in town, you've got a loose, I mean, you know, uncles were like, they'd have a loose 250 quid in the back pocket or whatever. <laughs> it was either the PlayStation yeah. 1, three years into its life cycle, it's the PlayStation 2, cheap off a mate at work, or a kid wants some, yeah. one of the young work experience boys or trainees wants to go to Magaluf and wants some money for a holiday and a couple of Pink Panther Kong tails. You know, there you go, Sonny, I'll buy your PlayStation 2 <laughs> off your FIFA, Gran Turismo and, and Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Never played them, but it sits under the table. Yeah, cool. I'll give you 50 quid for the lot. Yeah, fine, fine. I'll bring yeah, it in tomorrow. Yeah. All boxed, yeah, immaculate. He's like, yeah. yeah, that's what you get for being one of the bigger boys with uh, disposable <laughs> income. Yeah, look at me. Gets it home, sets it all up, holds the controller upside down, drives the car into a wall, never turns it on again. <laughs> that is the sort of person that's going to buy the Xbox Series S and Games Pass. As long as, if Microsoft play it right, it will come, it will almost force you to get Games Pass immediately. So he'll be gorged, won't he? He'll download Forza, yeah. hold the controller upside down, drive a car into the wall, be like, oh, crikey. He'll download Forza Rise and he'll do the same. He'll turn it off and never turn it on again. But Microsoft are taking the money out of his account on a monthly basis. Yes, give it to <laughs> me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Don't own anything physical, but give it to me. Perfect idea. Uh, I, I think it's it one. Of, I think it's one of the the best uh, business model and, and console ideas for, for a very long time. Um, Sadly, at the minute, does, despite well. how many times people waft the numbers under my nose, Microsoft has gone on record and say it is a loss making program. They need to get to almost market leading um, domination of the product for that business model to pay out. But it's a good road to success. I would say it's not an instant. You don't make; they're not making enough money from Games Pass for it to be sustainable. But it is a road to success, which I think long term yeah. is a good idea. Yeah, what no, we play? Uh, yeah, so we've got Doom Street Eternal, Streets of Rage Four, uh, Valhalla, and Cyberpunk. I slapped it in there. Yeah, and cheeky. yeah, we've kind of said a lot about that, but. If you've got anything else to add, we can... No, not really. I mean, Streets of Rage 4 came out of nowhere. I absolutely loved it. Me and James, the work experience boy, played the wheels off of it launch weekend, finished it. Um, Not on the harder difficulty, but at least on normal. And we thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, It looked great. You know, much like Battletoads, it looks like a Saturday morning cartoon, but reimagined. Um, but still harking back to its 16-bit roots, which I thought was great. It's always made me wonder why during the Saturn, and we did kind of get it with Fighting Force, it's a, it's a story for another day, but uh, Streets of Rage could have done some amazing stuff on Dreamcast, and, you know, yeah, they wasted the opportunity. There was lots of franchises could have revisited, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know you did too. Um, we even did a playthrough on our YouTube channel. Um, we did. 
about as popular as syphilis. I'd say that, though most people have had <laughs> syphilis, so, uh, you know, probably nowhere near as popular as that. Um, <laughs> not even as popular as syphilis. I mean, that's, that's going so I, that is. I, re- I revisit this game a lot uh, with a friend of mine, and we, we play it more how... Back in the day when I used to play it on the Mega Drive with my friend, like local co-op, I used to just enjoy playing through to see the different characters and the different bosses and yeah. just play as your favourite uh, character, whoever that may be, Axel, Max, Skate, Blaze, Adam, they're all in there in the different games. But now we find ourselves trying to push ourselves to, to do the harder difficulties or clear that one stage and yeah, it's it's quite an addictive game. I never realised it the, had. I tell old you what, school. the stage in the sewer with the pumping stereo, yeah, and the green cool. um, goo. It the music's fantastic down there, and the throughout, effects yeah. and graphics are yeah. fantastic. That's my throughout that's my favourite level. Yeah, throughout the throughout the, um, the the whole game, the soundtrack's phenomenal. Really nice as well. You can put the sixteen-bit soundtrack on if you wish. If you wish, yeah, I kind of. It doesn't suit it. I don't think it's no. nice for nostalgia. But I it doesn't I suit quite like. Either. I personally like the sixteen-bit filter on the graphics. I think that suits it. Um, yeah, the, pix, the pixel lines. I think that look makes it look really great. I think other than that, it looks a little bit like a Java game. You know, it's the graphics are great. Don't get me wrong, but it's very much it feels like one of those games that was knocked out in the mid 2000s on Xbox Live Arcade without that. Mm, I know it pays what you more mean. homage to its roots. Fantastic art style, yeah. well delivered, great, a little bit like Battletoads in that regard, but it's lacking that something for me and what I get from that, the 16-bit filter. Everything else. I think it's, it's, it's maybe, it, it's so ingrained that when you're playing that, it should be in like pixelated graphics, but it's it's not, so it kind of, Something feels a bit strange, but yeah, I, I'd love if, I'd love to see more of more of that. But considering it took something like twenty six years to get this one, exactly. If people go back through the episodes as well, they'll find I was a little bit disconcerted by the art style from the get go. So maybe it was I was always going to struggle. Yeah, but the gameplay, um, I'll agree with you, is fantastic. Um, Doom Eternal. Oh, what a game! I've played and finished that. Loved every minute of it. It's so fast paced and it's so different to to your Call of Duties and and even Overwatch and any Battlefield or your standard sort of shooters. It's just it's constant like run and gun and the weapon design is fantastic. I know a lot of them have been in the the original Doom sort of reboot and we did a big feature on Doom. Uh, which you, you want to check out in the back catalogue. It's great. It's just the story again is a bit like how much am I actually paying attention to this? Just give me a, the next room of baddies to work through. It's kind of different... really not even relevant, is it? Yeah, I know there are fans of the lore, a bit like Demon Souls and, and the Souls series, but I just tend to play them for the gameplay because it's that good. Um, graphically, Doom Eternal looks fantastic. Runs so smooth, sixty frames per second uh, on, on both consoles and and the base. Well, obviously, it's uh, I believe a sort of slightly upgraded version on the next gen. Uh, quite easy to get into, but difficult to master because you, when you start up, up in the difficulty, or um, I think it's the Marauder enemy, 
which was a new enemy for this game. He is tough as nails and there's a certain way to take him down. Uh, but again, please check out the back catalogue uh, for, for any of, we've probably, most of the games we've featured, we, we talk about more heavily in previous episodes, but some of them have a special sort of feature if we deemed it like a, a big enough release or a history of yeah, for that no, series. Yeah. Um, have you? Are you going to pick that up? Have you played the 2016 well, I've not bothered with it reboot. since the 2009 reboot. No, it was earlier than that. Yeah. Was it like the 2004 reboot or something ridiculous? Yeah. I've not played a Doom since then, apart from on the Saturn uh, PlayStation original um, yeah. and the 32X. I've not played Doom. Um, like I say, the most newest incarnation was that 2004 probably 2003 reboot whenever it was early doors wasn't it and and that yeah. you know was a graphically outstanding game it probably it was lore heavy because it was you know a little bit more entrenched in in what's going on but uh no i, I don't know if i will pick it up maybe if it's cheap enough one day when i'm browsing cex and it's a couple of quid i'll get it but if yeah. not then no um valhalla a game that intrigues you a game that bobby's poured in 150 hours. Um, I mean, if you want to get the platinum, that's the level of dedication it requires. I'm not overly bothered about the platinum. That's a, it's a lot of content. The story is tickling me under my chin enough to keep persevering with it. But when you got to ask yourself, would I, if I'd rather play Batman Arkham Origins, is it is it really <laughs> that good? Um, <laughs> I preferred the original series. I know it was tired. It needed to do something new. So they went open world using the, the tried and tested Ubisoft formula. Um, of unlock area, do side missions in area, do side quests in area, move to next area. Fair enough. I mean, it, it, the only thing that really is keeping me interest really is the the England vibe. But now I've seen some of the places that I was only mildly interested in anyway. I'm kind of a little bit washed up on the beach with it. I'll keep going until the point where I really can't be bothered to go anymore. But it 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 you know. It's a multi-format game on a on a next-gen console. You know, if I had PlayStation Four, would I be even more interested in it? Possibly. Mm. Is it part of that franchise? More of the PlayStation Four, Xbox Series uh, Xbox One um, game trilogy? Yes, it is. It's the third one of that open world on from that franchise. Um, do you think it suffers from being too big and and too much to do? A little bit, maybe. I mean, I'm not normally put off by that. I think if you wanted to mainline the story, you could get it done in no uncertain terms. You would probably rock up to certain areas a little bit underleveled, which would then make the game harder than it needs to be. Um, Yeah. If you do wander out of area, a little bit like a game we're going to get to ghosts, if you wander out of area in the early game, you are going to get your backside handed to you on a plate, which I made the mistake of doing. Um, then when I stuck to areas in Ghosts, you get the levels, you get the power, you get the experience. I just in Ghosts, I just felt it more interesting to go look at the different things on the map. Whereas Valhalla has got yellow is treasure, blue is side story, white is like interest, person of interest or thing of interest, and I don't know. I'm just. We said last week, how do they bash them out so much? Get the graphic fidelity where it is, get the gameplay where it is, get all this. Well, they do that by not really doubling down on anything in particular. It's an okay game. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Ghost of Shima will move now 
we've, as you say, we've talked enough about Cyberpunk. We've, we'll move into um, the PlayStation franchise. Ghost of Tsushima had enough, uh, but not too much, to make you want to. You know, by the end, I think I unlocked the whole of the first island and nearly all of the second island and probably 60% of the third island. And by that mean, I went everywhere. I just didn't do every collectible and every side story. Yeah. Um, there's, there's times in that where it does feel, uh, this is what always puts me off Assassin's Creed, was you are going through the motions. I think mm. there's a, the, the, this is the balance between something like The Last of Us Part Two and ghosts is is one is open world one is linear well it's world. it's like valhalla and, and i'll use that in the ghost i think you're you're circling around the edge of probably what i'm gonna say i don't if it's a story if it's got a storyline in the game why would you i think me and bobby talked about this why would i stop halfway between going to get this antidote that's like the story saying to you this is a made yeah. up this is a made up situation by the way it's in, in either game but someone's just been poisoned you must dispatch immediately to get this antidote from person b halfway across the map yeah on your way you come across this thing that's like this old lady's like oh collect 50 flowers and i will give you the sword of akimar all right i'll do that <laughs> <laughs> All the meanwhile, supposedly your your son or whatever is dying back at base while you get the antidote. When you finally get there, pick up the antidote and get back. Oh, thanks for being so quick. Oh, no problems. Yeah, I picked up the fifty flowers. Yeah. I, I slaughtered yeah. six rats in this person's dungeon for a potion of yeah. um, Bing Bong Boo. I went over there and got the sword of Atioch. I got the holy artichoke from the druid on the hill by climbing all the high points in the game. Like, no, you know, I want an open world. But if I'm on a story-driven mission, there should be no deviation from that. It seems ridiculous. Um, and I think that's where I kind of cop out. I know Bobby plays it. He gets to a new area and he has to see every bit on the map, all the question marks he has to do in that area, and then he'll move on. And to me, that's like, that'd be like watching The Walking Dead and watching two episodes back-to-back, a two-parter of them collecting apples. <laughs> for no apparent reason whatsoever apart from like when they finally handed the apples over rick got a new set of boots that enabled him to they, run a little bit quicker in the next episode this is the big challenge for open world games going into next gen is not so much like graphical quality and and so forth because we know they can do that and, and the ones we've seen this year look fantastic but it's changing the formula to yeah. like you yeah. said cyberpunk is same as that it's like oh you must come here right away but then you can you don't have to do it you can just no. go around and, and dawdle along well it's and when do- 16-bit platformers were all the rage then you got to 32-bit and it was then became the collectathon. but by the time the playstation 2 collectathons came around with ratchet and clank and jack and daxter it was a little bit boring yeah i mean if if you look as we were saying with side quests, they they track so much. The way I feel they need to build it maybe is like a TV show. I'm going to use Mandalorian for an example. There's there's nice little stories in those episodes, but a lot of the time it's built into a greater story arc, mm. and mm. those episodes mm. are contributing to that story arc. So the characters they meet influence or or have some say so on the main story, and I feel that's where they need to be at to to make those feel um, 
more genuine and, and important to the overall arc of the story. Agreed. Yeah. Because, totally because when agree. they don't, because when they don't, you just feel like if it's a big enough game where you live in the day to day life of that person, you can understand it a little bit because it's like, oh, I've just been and done this. Oh, but yeah, I best check in with that person because I've not heard them for a while. It's just making that a bit more streamlined. That's why for me, I think Last of Us Part Two, I love Ghost of Tsushima and it's got two or three standout moments where it's like, this is just brilliant. Last of Us Two, I think, is the better game because mm-hmm. it moves along at a pace. There's a, there's a, there is an urgency to get through it, but it, it's long enough that you like that is really good value. It's also bold enough to explore uh, making you experience a set of emotions rather than having to kill X. Ex- oh, like you have to kill. This is where Last of Us yeah. Two falls down a little bit. Like you have to kill baddies in X area to progress to B area. You need to kill baddies yeah. in B area to progress to C area. But the main underlying drive of the game is the emotions it makes you feel. And they were very brave. Again, no spoilers. And again, the internet hate wagon who had never played it. Um, because I think once you've played it, your sympathy and interest in character C is so great that if there is ever a Last of Us 3, if it's not based on them, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. I feel like the internet will have won and it will be another Ellie adventure and it will score very low because it will be, well, I'm kind of bored of seeing what Ellie's doing now. I want to see something else. Oh, oh okay. So, but if it had yeah. been character C, you would have flamed it regardless so they can't win. So for me, they need to drop Last of Us now. It doesn't need a third game. They've done enough. It's like, I don't want to see another Drake's game either. Now they're on about another f- studio making that game. Drop it, leave it. You know, you get yeah. into the trap of forcing studios to make games they don't want to make just because you think yeah. it's a cash cow. Drop it immediately. Let them do something different. They are money making enterprises, but they're artists and producers, directors, and writers at the end of the day. And if you force them to write this again and again and again, and again, like Last of Us, it's worth two series of a TV show in terms of writing, backing, and padding, and filling, and acting, and recording, yeah. and animating. It's not. A, a minimal undertaking it's it's big um so yeah there's my there's my point there last of us 2 was was brave it made you it was more of a story of emotions rather than uh, gameplay tropes but because it's a game it was still married to almost 16 bit styles of clear area b before moving yeah. on to all it needed was the animated sort of go arrow once you cleared the area like <laughs> beep, beep 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 go beep beep beep, beep go like no um, i mean the um the, the the actual gameplay of that is is really nicely done the animations and it feels a lot more real than a lot of uh, the games we've discussed already oh, and that's br- again brutal it played into how Last of Us 2 is not a game you put on for a laugh. Oh, no, definitely not. It's, it's a dark old journey. It is dark, and the actual individual kills are super dark as well. Um, they're gory and they're visceral, and they're so well animated that it's like, oh, my God. Um, you almost can't play it in long stints for that reason, I don't feel. I had to force myself for the show to battle through it. Um, Mars Morales, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, nice little game. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It it was an emotional ending again. They they short nailed that. Like the um, Spider Man Four Ant May ending. We'll not delve too much into that. But I felt um, 
just as emotional about Miles Morales ending. I, I thought it was very well done. It it does benefit from the shorter runtime, but also you kind of feel like hmm, didn't really see many like main Spider-Man villains there. I think they're trying to create his own little world, which is cool. Um, well, Spider-Man 2, the inevitable sequel, which I don't want to see yeah. come anytime soon because I think it would suffer from sequel mania. Um, yeah. Is it going to have both of them in? Is that going to be the play, yeah, Spider-Man yeah. 2, yeah, and it is actually two Spider-Men? Yeah, the way they set it up, at, uh, kind of with the with the last few sort of cutscenes, is is very much that's where they're heading, and I think that's a good choice. It's what everyone is expecting, but also what I think can work quite well. I believe they're going to have to work their socks off to make Peter make you want to play as Peter. I think they might go even braver than that. I think they might get rid of him. Mm. Wow. Towards the more towards the end, I think they'll give us a full pretty much game of of having the choice of both, um, or just do alternate missions. That might be the way. But then we get that Last of Us reaction, don't we? Of like, I don't want to play those ones; just want to play as that one. Exactly. So it's how they make that freedom of choice work. With um, um, well, a couple of the, games. Well, we'll do Astro we, Bot quickly. Um, yeah, because I'm mindful of the, yours and my time. Yeah. On this special episode, we were going to do just a quick nod to the fans who we were going to do like a special Stingray episode, which is probably going to be in January now. Tom's allergic to listeners Stingray, and we've also got limited time <laughs> um, for this episode. So, um, Astrobot, thoughts? Fantastic. Enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. A great little game. Just... Your initial sort of comment to me, though, was I don't have enough nostalgia for PlayStation brand to want to really see any more of that. And then you platinum. Yeah, I think. I wanted to get a platinum trophy because I haven't got one ashamedly on, on PlayStation. Um, when I hit the PS1 and PS2, did get quite a lot of nostalgia because I had them both. But three and uh, four is not old enough for me to have that. Like, oh, I remember that. It's like, oh, yeah, that was you, only you see, I had nostalgia for that. The the theme because you had it. Uh, you had it from from a very early stage, didn't you? Whereas I got on board probably at least halfway through its lifespan. Um, but yeah, Demon Souls, other launch title, fantastic game. That was what I put in, and it's like this. This feels next gen. There's a bit where you're going through at the start, like a, a stone sort of corridor, mm-hmm. water on the floor, and I've, you want to make sure you have the hood set to cinematic because it comes up when you're fighting, but when you're just moving around, it goes and it just makes it. Just make adds that a little bit more. And okay. I spun a, spun around the camera, looked at my character. And I was like, God, this. I think it's a certain set of armor as well because the characters, like the human faces and their bodies, and like the sort of more cloth clothes, feel a bit like flat compared to how good the armor looks. Question, so I, though, I went. Did you play it on PS3? No. Because a lot of the hardcore are saying this isn't my Demon Souls. This is not. That, I want it. Wow. They, they can just dry their eyes. You could say that about so many remakes. It's like, well, if you don't I, like I, w- I wonder, it. and I, I don't mind either way. I think I'd prefer an easier Souls game, but I don't mind either way. But do you think because it was a launch game, they felt they had to just tone it down a little bit, make it that little bit more accessible? If if they're if they're moaning about the difficulty, it's still solid. It's still unforgiving. But wait till you get to New Game Plus because it just hits you around the back of the head with a sledgehammer because it's just. It's like 
I've played a lot of New Game Pluses on their games, and this is just another level. Like normal enemies now are just back to being an absolute nightmare. So there's the challenge there. Um, but yeah, I think probably there's some truth in what you said about, yeah, it's a launch game. They need to just have a little bit more accessibility. And it probably was easy, the easier of, of those. I've I've not played one. I've played Demon's Souls, Dark Souls 2 and 3, and Sekiro. Um, and out of those four, Demon's Souls is probably the easier. Mm. Okay. Well... I think this episode is called The Best Games of 2020. We're not here to label a favourite. I think we've touched on a a few, not just a few, a a smorgasbord of great games. Um, For me, I think we had a conversation last episode. I think ultimately, out of the ones I played, I would definitely come down on the side of, oh, we had the Final Fantasy VII Remake, baby. Um, Can you just give the fans a little bit of a, a, uh, a talk of the original one of those? Because did you play it, or you had some idea of it? Oh, back in the day, yeah. It's been I will a... be two. I will be two minutes. I okay. just got to speak to Lionel. I've got to speak to Lionel. He's here to discuss paperwork for the parole. Oh, is he? Okay, all right. We'll get that signed up, then we can finish the show. So, Tom wants me to give you a, a little sort of my memories of Final Fantasy VII. They're very hazy, I have to admit. It was a game came out. There was a lot of hype in the magazines at the time. I had a PlayStation 1 from launch. As you know, fans of the show, I traded my whole life for that PlayStation 1 on a demo disc, and we were waiting for a big game, and I bought some real tat on the way to Final Fantasy VII. I loaned Soldier and, and some other rammel that the magazines and PlayStation themselves were trying to tentpole to get sales going. Final Fantasy VII came out and it had the CGI intro and the cutscenes and the story. And and to be honest with you, compared to 16-bit RPGs I played, it was very similar. It didn't feel next-gen enough to me for me to persevere with it. I know I had dalliances with it. For me, that real turning point came in Resident Evil 1, which I played the absolute wheels off. Uh, I have to admit, and that was maybe my first game on PlayStation that I was really like, yeah, this is something they couldn't have done. Whereas Final Fantasy VII felt like a reskin of a 16-bit RPG, which is probably what it was. But uh, yeah, for me, I kind of struggled with that. I'm excited to play the remake. I was just letting, uh, Tom, do you sign your parole paperwork? All done and dusted. Brilliant. I was just letting Thanks the fans know, uh, no worries. Uh, things are going to be a little bit tight. I'm going to probably have to not pay myself because Bobby's fee is uh, it's only 75% of what you get paid or got paid, but that's still not... He's a podcasting celebrity. He came to me with a CV full of shows that he was doing and uh, <sighs> Max Media said, yeah, um, but you're just going to have to roll for what you've always rolled for, George. So... Yeah, it's it's not great, but uh, there you go. I was just letting the fans know because you had to nip off and I had to fill, not as eloquently as you would fill, but I had to fill. And I was explaining <laughs> that my history with uh, Final Fantasy VII back in the day, it wasn't that great, a little hazy. I remember 
when I was in the Navy and I got a PlayStation 1 again, I did pick up Final Fantasy 7 for like a pound yeah. or four pound. I think it was like four pound. A pound, like, a pound per disc. Exactly that. He was like, well, it's got four discs in it, mate. And I was like, oh, really? It's so old. He was like, oh, yeah, four pound, five, five, five. I think it was a five. <laughs> and now it's like 20 some odd quid, which is ridiculous, really. But um, And I had another go at it. But I stuck, I found I got more satisfaction out of nine when I went back to it retrospectively to that franchise. Old rat boy. Old rat boy, as you call it. Then I did, because <laughs> uh, Cloud Strife was looking very uh, polygonal at the time. So yeah. when it yeah, first yeah. came out, I'm pretty sure I had it, and it just felt like a reskin of the 16-bit RPGs I've been playing on SNES, which didn't really get my goat. Uh, and I was saying that Resident Evil was the first game that came out on PlayStation for me that I got and was like, this feels like proper next gen. Because um, a lot of the games in between the launch and then felt like games that could be on the 32X or mm-hmm. on the Jaguar and, and and Resident Evil was that first one. And and Final Fantasy VII was a game that was, it just felt like a, a fancy version of a 16-bit RPG that I'd played the wheels off and didn't really have any meat under the table, meat on the table. So... Uh, for me, my nostalgia for it is low. Um, I'm interested to Thanks, give it a go uh, yeah. because it plays more like the Final Fantasy 15, which I've played and loved in this year. Um, I've played I think some games it, this year, by the yeah. way. Yeah, same. Um, 7 Remake, I think you'll find it very small compared to 15. Um, the story is really good and the characters are very, very likable. You can see why they were a big hit back in the day. To me, I think 15 is a better game. But we, we've got to remember, with 7, this is part one of maybe two, three, four parts. And they have made some changes, apparently, because I've not played the original. Uh, the ending uh, leads us to believe there's going to be some slightly different changes in the next part. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- really nicely done. Combat's a lot of fun. <clears throat> the, the thing the is, I don't mind the, the turn-based. As I said, I'd played many a 16-bit yeah. RPG, and and I've recently, this year, I played through the, the epic that's Final Fantasy thirteen, which is like a jazzed-up turn-based. You know, it really yeah. is... As, Cheeky is like slapping that really old school mechanic in front of these wonderful visuals. Um, so I'm not adverse to it, but my understanding is seven is complete Final Fantasy 15 combat. Yeah. I mean, um, 16 is now a PS5 exclusive for, for probably however long, maybe a year. Uh, Rimra, we're going to see that this year. Um, but I think. Uh, yeah, it'll get delayed more. I tell you, it's a good job your parole's over because you're drinking at eleven o'clock in the morning. I know it's been a tough time with Rick in the in the, in the cell, but yeah, you're just throwing your whole podcasting setup on the floor. I'm sorry, uh, you're going off midair to speak to Lionel about the litigation involved in you having this extra parole, which we all appreciate, but. One wonders if the three spectral apparitions that visited you during the Christmas period really had that much of an effect. Oh, they did. They did. I've changed my ways. I now give to uh, one charity. Wow. Um, that's Yes. That's significant. So I think that probably covers off all the big games that we feel I, needed to be talked about. I think that it's been an absolutely fantastic year for gaming. 
Oh, not I completely good, agree. Not a, not a good year in, in the rest of the world, but it, it, apparently this year, video games has made more money than sport or film. And um, my wife was like, well, that seems an unfair argument because of like neither of those two have had a particularly great year because of uh, the, the restrictions that are in place. I was like, yeah, but it it goes to show how popular they are. And uh, we've seen some brilliant stories told uh, graphical boundaries. I see why you like Big Rick as your wife now, because he puts up a valid argument. It does. It does. Intelligence as well as brawn. <laughs> um, and beauty. And brains, beauty and brawn. Everything you could ever want the, from a man. He's the full package. Um, he is, yes. I, I, anyway, I, I misjudged anyway. him. I misjudged him. Yeah. Um, give him my best. You called him a mindless thug NPC lookalike. I did. I did. You did. You did. It it hurt his feelings. Well, I didn't know that he had feelings, so I didn't know he had them to hurt, but now I know that he's a lot deeper, you know. I looked in and saw a puddle. When actual fact, I was seeing my own reflection, he was a well. He was much (laughs) deeper than it originally originated, so apologies to Big Rick. Um, Okay. Well, um, yeah, closing, closing comments. I think what fantastic just I've, like you I've played a lot of games this year I've played um, an awful lot of PlayStation 3 I have to admit the whole Assassin's Creed trilogy Final Fantasy 13 was 60 hours we'll say the whole <laughs> you know I played all the Assassin's Creed up to Syndicate before I fell off the wagon I've played Mars Morales I've played Last of Us Part 2 I've played Ghost of Shima I've played all of Cyberpunk I've played I think that's you know there's loads of games that I've chunked through I, and i finished i played through all the grand theft auto 4 again i see that had a uh, graphical mod the other day that made it look absolutely phenomenal what four yes four not five four still the best grand the theft auto yeah. yeah well that mod doesn't work unless you're one of the pc master race so you know that is what it yeah. is well uh are we moving on to the boot well we're not going to do Stingray's boot. We're going to leave no it. There's no new releases. No, there's no new releases. In the listener's Stingray, obviously, Lionel slid a piece of paper under my nose that said that you're legally obliged to skip Stingray's boot. So, me and Bobby I believe you're to... doing a yeah. I believe you're doing a Christmas bumper one, aren't you? That was meant to be today, but wears. obviously, with Bobby not here and your contract being several pages long, well, I say several pages, I thought you'd give me a sheet of A4 to print the script on it. In fact, when I opened it up, it was full of your cross-section uh, legal clauses. <laughs> um, he said, just to give you the headlines, George, no boot, make him sound good, you know, usual stuff. I was like, yeah, 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 no problems. What, no stingrays? But, well, there's no new releases, George, check, but certainly no looking through people's Christmas pickups. I was like, all oh, right, that means I have to cover them in January when they're going to be a little bit sort of stale. I don't well, before, really before we close it, <laughs> before we close, he doesn't out, care. Um, before we close out, instead of doing what we're going to be playing, because it'll be the same as what we were playing. Uh, what are you looking forward to next year in gaming in general? Oh, um, I'm looking forward to seeing some games that make the Series X and S and the PS5 sing like a newborn thrush in a bush. Um, because at the minute we're just seeing, for me, we're just seeing PlayStation 4 and Xbox One Series X games. You've got Demon's Souls sat there. I don't know what you're waiting for. Oh, 
playing my beloved PlayStation 3, friend. I need to get Batman finished. <laughs> when you go from Batman Arkham Origins to Demon's Well, that's one of the reasons. When I, I played PS3 all the way up on the run-up to the PS5, and then I was yeah. looking at stuff like Miles and Astro Bot, and I was like, oh my goodness gracious me, and, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I was like, this looks incredible. Whereas I think if I'd come hot off the PlayStation 4 into it, I wouldn't have been so wowed. So there is benefits to playing a, a two-generation old console. True, true. Very, very, uh, building yourself up for the next generation. Wow. Uh, get the graphic enhancer on, curtains drawn. It's the only way I get, play. Get, get the settings right. Play it in cinematic, not performance, because it doesn't really matter. When you much. say get the settings right, does that mean you've took your brand new 4K TV and just ramped the brightness and contrast up to 100? <laughs> You're like, that looks great. Like, no. I, I, I did some research on Cyberpunk and got the settings. Um, right on that and it made a big difference I, I implore anyone to to search for that if you're playing on a next gen console um ha- have a fiddle i mean you can do it on ps4 and xbox but you really want to fiddle with the hdr settings and, and get those right there are obviously many videos or, or um, forums to discuss which are the best settings for i that, think but- from memory a couple of episodes ago i had it at 900 200 yeah. and yeah Either the one other or one. two, yeah. Yeah, I think it's 1.5. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth fiddling with those because it just gives it that little bit more of a, a pop on the screen and turn some of the uh, like the film grain and stuff like that off because it just it makes it look a lot better game. I think but, stylistically, uh, I know what they were going for, but the, the filter is a little bit like the, um, the Kurosawa filter in Ghosts. Like, yeah, it's cool to have it on every now and then, but you to get the modern experience, out, yeah. you want it off. You're missing out on some great stuff. Um, what are you looking forward? Well, oh, is there any particular? Um, any particular I'm looking one? forward to Stray on PS5, that cat adventure, which piqued my yep. interest at the reveal. I'm looking forward to Straight Out of the Guns. I'm looking forward to Returnal. I'm looking forward to Ratchet and Clank, I suppose. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Xbox studios have been working on. I'll be absolutely honest. I'm very intrigued. They've got some major talent there. Um, I don't think we're going to see any games in 2021, but I think we're going to see lots of reveals about what they are working on. Teaser trailers a little bit more. We might see some footage of Fable, which... Footage you know, of Perfect Dark as well would be good. Would be good. Yeah, well, I mean, we're fans of those franchises. We've followed them for a long yeah. time. We've had all the games. Um is that the thing that's going to turn us back on? Uh, possibly. Um, what next? From Nintendo, God only knows. Probably a, a cardboard uh, that you can stick a joy con in and it talks to you. Zelda 35th anniversary, which is hopefully going to reveal some, some cool stuff. Uh, Bayonetta 3. I was looking back at that. Last time Zelda had an anniversary and they're on a bit of a sticky wicket, they just put out all the games on GameCube under emulation. Um, the, yeah, we're, we're all. Is that what we're going to get on the Switch? But if they do that, they probably realise at the time they needed the goodwill. Now they need the sales. They're not going to give you Ocarina <laughs> time and and for free, are they? Now that's not how Nintendo works. Now, no, it's it's um, it needs to be a, another big year for them. It probably will be. Hopefully, they've got some like PlayStation. I think they try to have a monthly first party release but it's 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 difficult that is it's very difficult especially with production costs and like what people expect from a, a first party game so 
I'd settle for one every two or three months with like a third party release chucked in between. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, with the PlayStation brand, it might be, I'd be happy with one every three or four months because that price bracket's going to, going to kill me. But in terms of what I want to see next year, there's so, there's so much. Um, Back for Blood, which is made by the, I think it's called Back for Blood. It's made by the Left for Dead team. Oh, you've opened um, your Avery now, you're back. Or you've got Lionel feeding your lesser spotted <laughs> thrushed warbler. Uh, yes, he's just feeding the parrot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that looks really interesting. I really enjoyed the Left 4 Dead games in multiplayer. Uh, yes, agreed. Really good fun. Really good fun. Um, so that'll be cool to try that. Um, Horizon, uh, Forbidden West, Ratchet and Clank. I'll be curious to try that. Returnal, as we discussed. Overwatch 2, we're going to hear more about that at BlizzCon in February. Um, Lionel, fetch me my pillow. <laughs> I'll not go on a tangent on that. I might even come back for an, another one-off special just to discuss that so I can put everybody to sleep. Um, wow. What else we got? There's some some good, good stuff. We might see Final Fantasy and God of War, big titles like that. But I, I think we're going to see some delays as usual. It'd be nice to hear what Rockstar are working on, other than GTA Online <laughs> content. Um, maybe I mean, see some footage. Words, you got to wonder, really, with Rockstar, one of the houses has left, um, one of the writers, one of the DJs, um, who's the DJ that's on the radio that's a bit edgy? He's actually one of the writers. Steve Wright. <laughs> Not Steve Wright, you bloody donkey. I love Steve Wright. The, the, um, uh, Laszlo Laszlo's left Laszlo, Laszlo yeah. was one of the writers one of the Hauser brothers has left um, maybe they've lost their way a bit there was a little rumours under the under the radar that it was all about cranking out the GTA online money making thing and one of them wanted to be more into th- writing stories rather than doing I think that we'll see, um, I think we'll see a double uh, box set of Red Dead 1 and 2 with one being the remake and it'll be next gen. That'd be really cool. Love to see that. But I both, think it actually, well, both getting think the next gen ray tracing yeah. uh, upgrade and and the I think that will remake using the two assets. Yeah, I think, and that would be cool, really, because uh, although they're numbered the wrong way around, so you know, I, w- I would play through two again and then go straight into one. I think that'd be quite enjoyable, especially if they had a few little, maybe just had a few little scenes. Uh, just to flesh out some of those characters from number two. Um, well, if they were to do that, they probably need to drag some of the story missions into the other side of the map. Otherwise, yeah, you're gonna... yeah, yeah. But then again, yeah. if it's a very local story, it's a very local story. It's how it is. You know, the world's yeah. massive, but your life probably takes place in two or three counties or one state the whole of your I life. Think they, so. I think they could do them as like optional side missions, like maybe visit some of the characters who are still alive from two. Or you can just go see him like you could at the end of number two, where as John, you can go and visit him and see how their life's progressed since leaving. One thing the I thought was a bit of a shame in, in the end of Red Dead 2 when you're playing as John, it would have been nice to be able to, and I don't know why they didn't do this, and I don't know why they don't do this in online, is to be able to like rustle sheep or cows bring them back to your place get yeah, them to yeah. get like a not a massive breeding mechanic but just have so many in a field for so long and you get some cows some new cows appear and yeah. then you can split them off with your horse and then sort of weave them down to um is it valentine 
and and put them yeah. in the pens for sale and big bing you get your money and you know you could have just lived that farmer lifestyle for ages and it would have felt very real getting up in the morning because you had the i remember you had to take the wheat to them and, and chop up the wood and all that sort of rammel yeah if you could have had that it would just would have made you feel more grounded and and more you know the house building scene as good as it was wasn't interactive enough it was basically a cut scene with a really cool tune <laughs> <laughs> and possibly um, a bluebird that could have been maybe could have been arthur the spirit of arthur morgan yeah yeah uh agreed yeah again it's that balance of what market they're trying to appeal to and probably how much time they had uh, there's always so much when they build such you know i would say the market they're appealing to bought the game and played the game all the way through and loved every single aspect of it there is a certain element of the people that bought it and made it a massive success as it was shot a few people within two miles of the camp put it down because it was boring yeah and your uncle's got it next to his playstation 4 and oh what did you think to that game uncle yeah a bit boring wasn't it you know you know shot a few people and got in a fist fight and uh, shouted lenny twice and they turned it off uh you know that's kind of where people are at with rockstar games um and that one in particular rdr2 you were walled off from the open world for ages really I mean, you could go off and explore it, but the story didn't drag you down to Valentine for quite a long yeah. time. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So I can see people going, I've had enough of this. <laughs> Do you think we'll see any hardware releases? Maybe PSVR 2, uh, Switch upgrade? Um, um, I think PSVR 2 would be a good idea. They didn't really integrate PSVR, although when I've used PSVR with the 5, it's worked admit first off I struggled but then I rebooted the console and everything worked seamlessly it didn't seem to want to work straight away but I was plugging it in while it was on mm-hmm. so maybe that was my fault uh, rumours are the Sony London studio are actually working on a non-VR game because they've had quite a few years now of, of working on VR titles and apparently they're working on a multiplayer um, PS5 game a multiplayer game yes I know you don't like but uh, I want a Blood and Truth sequel. I'll be honest with you. I thought that was great, um, mm-hmm. but that's a rumor anyway. It could turn out to be that's what they are working on. Could be working on both if they're a big enough studio. Uh, we don't yeah. do rumors and we don't do leaks. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see where we get any add-ons for games like Last of Us Part Two uh, and Cyberpunk. Well, we're going to get the multiplayer uh, add-on, aren't we? Which should give that whole new lease of life. Yeah. Factions. Same with Cyber. I, I don't know whether the, the problems are going to delay Cyberpunk's multiplayer, but uh, that might be popular. I don't know. Um, I don't know what they could do with it because, you know, he doesn't do the combat particularly well. Um, I, find, I find the gunplay quite good. It's, it's harder than your average shooter. Gunplay's quite many- good, but it's not certainly good enough to sustain a multiplayer community. Yeah, I think it needs to be a bit slicker. Maybe I was I was hoping maybe as a progress to stats that it'll become easier, but I don't feel that's going to be the way. I, I, well, I doubled do. down on the pistol and I had, <laughs> I had a revolver that. Poof, yeah, yeah, yeah. Headshot, boom, poof, boom, poof, just channeled all my stats into that, and it was. I felt like I was like a private eye detective Harry kind of guy. I had the story going in my head that V was, and he had this awesome pistol. <laughs> uh, I bet you bought the trench coat as well, didn't you? Like no, the... no, no. I no, always wore. I always wore the jacket. Um, 
the samurai jacket. I've got would... um no, it was like a it was the yellow punk jacket, had a picture of a punk right. on the back of it. I had the um Big Trouble in a Little China t shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I had that yeah. the whole time. You can find different versions of it which have got higher armor. Um, so I had the highest armor one I could find. I had the highest armor yellow punk jacket I could find. I varied the jeans between combats. I finally managed to ditch the white baseball cap, which is the only baseball cap you can get your hands on for absolutely ages. And finally, I got a Johnny Silverhand samurai cap um, cool. because you find a uh, fan of his from 50 years ago who's like got loads of his merch. And uh, I bought the hat and some records, which ended up being completely pointless. Um yeah, the records are just junk, aren't they? You can't use them. Well, you can buy some that look different, um, and I really got nothing from it. I think I think there is a trophy or an achievement where you can own all of Johnny Silverhand's artifacts. So you can get his gun, yeah. you can get his car, you can get his clothes. Or fat that gun is OP as well. I did it in like the uh, the bit where spoilers. Oh maybe. yeah. Well, there's also. Um, you don't know about this, and I only found out about it the other day. There's a talking gun. So, like, got it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it That's might be cool. worth looking up because you're early enough in the game where you could go get it and then play through the game with it. But it's got its own AI. Um, nice. So, you don't ever tell it to change its uh, profile. And it's it sort of like, it kind of, it's a smart pistol, but it's got its own AI. So, it talks to you, which I was like, oh, wow, that's fantastic. I wish I'd found that, you know, early doors and then had it with me the whole time. Um, cool. But Watch yeah, a little bit of something. So other than that, Tom, it's uh, yeah, kind of it. fitting in a way that um, Bobby's had some some issues. And don't worry, everyone, Bobby is fine. Um, but just not going to be able to do the show this week. Um, hopefully back to normal next week. Um, Tom, it you know seems fitting that we end the year. Um, me and you, game of the year, best game of 2020. Um, I've, I've enjoyed having the pleasure of your company. I'm sure you've enjoyed the extra hours of freedom. Um, probably, probably chomping at the bit to get back to big Rick. Uh, <laughs> although that's going to mean more incarceration. Uh, we'll read you a letter out next week. Probably don't feel right with you doing your, uh, yes. Save that for next week. Excalibur story right now. So we'll save that for next time. Um, and I would say, um, unless you've got anything to impart to the fans, some emotional sort of tearful fa- farewell, which you never got to do on air because you've been arrested and uh, visited by spectral apparitions. I don't know. Um, well, I just wish everyone a happy new year. I hope uh, 2021 is going to be a better year for a lot of people. Looking forward to some fantastic games that we've got on the horizon. Um, and yeah, thoroughly enjoyed coming on today. And um, yeah, everyone take care. All right, well, if they want a little bit more Tom, they can always go back through the now massive back catalogue of episodes. They're not timestamp-centric, so it's not as though it's like, you know, you've got to watch the XYZ episode. There's ones in there, the history of the SNES, the, all these old consoles, there's the history of all these different gaming franchises, there's the best gaming protagonists, there's the gaming soundtracks and history of movie games and all that other ramble. And there's plenty to look forward to in 2021. We've got a whole host of content our, lined up. Our video games are one of our... 
Are video so, games art? Yeah, absolutely. And and some of the more recent ones, like the Cyberpunk one, where you get uh, you know a deep dive behind a very, the scenes. Very popular show. And popular the show. Ghost of Tsushima episode, which is everything you need to know for the first twenty minutes of your game, playing a little bit of history of the making of the game. So. With that all being said, thank you to everyone for another year of listens. We really appreciate it. The fact that someone other than our own parents want to listen to us warble on for two hours about <laughs> video games is beyond a miracle as far as I'm concerned. And with that said, Tom, uh, I'll say that's all we have time for this week. Listeners, always thank you for your time. I look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. Remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See you, mate. Hi, it's George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history of documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Yes, we incorporate you, listeners, into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right, no money. All we ask is that you like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you found this show. And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend, get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys.